Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Talk Social to Me. This is your host, Mackenzie, and I am once again this week joined by lovely Ben. And we are talking about a person who is very controversial in the world of social media, and he has been blowing up in the past couple months. We talk about why it's happened, how it's happening, and the entire marketing strategy and ploy behind it, which we found very interesting, and we think you will too. So let's just get right into it. Hello, Ben. How are you doing today? Kenzie, I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Not too bad. Oh my God, I did intro you as lovely Ben. What's up with that? I wasn't going to say oh, anything. Oh man. But... Oh God. Well, it's lovely Ben. I'm back again with lovely Ben. <laughs> so something funny that happened to me this morning is I was scrolling through Instagram and whose voice do I happen to hear except yours on my Instagram story? And I was just like, oh, this is strange because I was looking at somebody else's Instagram story, not yours. And I had to like double check (laughs) to make sure that it wasn't your Instagram story that I was on. And no, there was a video of you shared by some influencer that I follow who was talking about a video that you posted on TikTok and that we talked about like recent or just this morning that hit 15 million views on TikTok. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I, when I posted it, I knew, I literally called my shot that I'd get over a million because I just knew the context and everything. I literally said when I yeah, posted, yeah. My, my buddy was there, I said, this gets a million. And then it got a million in the first 18 hours. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I was like... I lowballed that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you kind of explain what the con- like what the concept was, how you kind of came up with the idea of doing this because obviously you said that you knew this content was going to hit well. Yeah. And then we can go into what all of this means and kind of help people figure that kind of aspect out. Yeah, 100%. So for my personal brand stuff, I typically break down the creator economy or what I prefer to call the content business. Cause I think that's more appropriate form of explanation. And so I basically try to teach people how they can leverage the same strategies that people are finding a ton of success in. And there's this one individual who has become the most famous person on the internet in a matter of two or three months off of the back of a very controversial, very much a gray area strategy that is, it's tough to even like explain how, uh, cause like there's so many conflicting opinions on it, but we can break down how yeah. it's working so well. But so the, the person is named Andrew Tate and he has been blowing up all across social media and he's wildly, wildly polarizing, which definitely helps. But in the video, I just break down who he is, kind of the premise of the strategy behind his blow up and why mm-hmm. it works so well. And that was the video. And I think why it works so well is because everyone was seeing this guy and not many people understood the why behind why they were seeing him. And so I basically just right. filled that gap and explained it. And so that answered a lot of people's questions. And it also pissed off a ton of people, even though I, <laughs> I didn't say I didn't have an opinion. You did it. I didn't at all. And people were going nuts in the comment section. So I naturally I played into it. So some some comments I was like, <laughs> oh, Tate's the best. And then other comments I was like, Tate's an idiot. <laughs> I was like just <laughs> playing both sides. Like I don't take that stuff too seriously. But that's what happened. That's so fascinating. I'm curious what feeds you landed on? Like if it was every single kind of person who maybe like enjoys this person or doesn't enjoy this person, was it every single person or was it a specific audience? It hit the mainstream for sure. It hit hit everyone because there's a good divide of people who are Tate fanboys that just, Mm. they always, they always say 
Like their line for like chirping or clapping back at anyone who's not pro Tate or even neutral on Tate, I guess, because I didn't say anything of the sort. But they said they're always like, what color is your Bugatti? That's their big line. So I got that hundreds of times. Don't know what this means. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like, he, he owns a Bugatti. And their whole thing is that if you don't agree with his beliefs or if you're not a supporter, then that's because you're poor. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I am poor. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So their, their whole line is what color is your Bugatti? But then I had, I had, I'd say I had equally as many people saying, oh, thanks for informing me. I had no clue why I was seeing this guy. And then a ton of people who were like just kind of neutral on it being like, oh, that's why I've been seeing this guy. So it was a really good mix. Yeah. When I saw the video this morning, because basically the person that I was following, she definitely had one opinion and it was a very strong no to this person opinion. Yeah. And so when she shared it this morning, she was like, if you are confused on why you're seeing this person over and over and over again, here is a really good explainer video. And even she, who's like on one political side opinion about this person, even she was like, this guy is very unbiased in his presentation on why you're actually seeing this content. Yes. And so that was definitely the goal of it. So, but we also did a lot of things deliberately to make it pop. And so we knew the people that we were, that we would trigger. And so we purposely did. And I'm actually going to make a video soon breaking down all the things we did on purpose in the video to piss people off. Like one of the one that I found so funny is that for the picture of Tate, we used a picture of Pitbull, <laughs> like, like Mr. Worldwide. No, you didn't. On purpose. Yes. Cause we got oh hundreds and hundreds of comments being like, isn't that Pitbull? And because they look like remotely Very similar. similar. Yeah. yeah. So we purposely did that. And then we, so we can break down the strategy of why he's blowing up if you want. Yeah, I would love to. Okay. So what he's doing is so people who work in content, even if you are a wildly entertaining person, wildly charismatic, and you film yourself 24 seven, the biggest bottleneck to blowing up on social media is distribution because it's very much an all or nothing game and it takes a lot of time. So it's very hard to find people that know how to package content in the right way for it to work, even if you're super entertaining. So what yeah. Tate did is he found a hack around this by turning his minions, I think is the most appropriate word, <laughs> his minions into his distribution channel. And he mm -hmm. did that by incentivizing them, by teaching them within his course, which is the primary business he's promoting right now, to chop up clips of him, to then post across social media and funnel all that traffic back to the course. And the course is all about making oh. money online. So basically it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? They're like, oh, if you join this course, you make money, but they made money because you joined the course. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like an MLM. That's exactly how I described it. It's not, this is the, this is why it's gray. I, I teased this earlier because it's not technically an MLM. It's not technically a pyramid scheme per se. It's one level marketing yeah. really because there's no downline. So in the video, mm -hmm. I use the visual representation of a pyramid because people can visualize that and they can understand it. And technically, yeah. I also didn't say anything that wasn't completely true. I said, Tate's at the top. This person makes 50% from what people they refer, et cetera, et cetera. That has now since dropped to 10% for all the people who wanted to promote it. You make less money now. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to burst your bubble. Sorry but, that. Uh, yeah, but that's, so, so that's why we purposely use that imagery because it's very easy to understand. And had I gone into the complexities of explaining the marketing and, and all this stuff behind it, we would have lost everyone. So that's why I purposely yeah. used the pyramid and it got a lot of his supporters very angry, but that was also deliberate and intentional as well. So are you saying that you should always kind of neg the people that are watching your videos to get more traction? Not necessarily. I think you have to know what you're doing. And so we knew that we were inviting some of the most 
colorful and interesting people to our content by doing those things and by covering the topic in general. And we were okay with the bad that came from it. Right. So yeah. like I got roasted so much. Like the things that were said about me in that comment section is insane. Luckily I have fairly thick skin and I was able to laugh and I would send a lot of them to our internal, my, my team. And I'd be like, look what this yeah. person just said. This is hilarious. <laughs> but uh, you have to understand that that's going to happen. But that's going to happen if you cover any universal topic of interest that your video goes to the mainstream. You're opening yourself up to everything. And I mean everything. You will be blown away by what people comment. It's insane. But if you want reach, it's definitely a good idea. It gets people going. And therein lies why Andrew Tate has been so successful. Sure, he has this strategy. But how he takes it way further is he is so polarizing. And so people are always like, oh, is he playing a character? And I think both people on either side of the camp are true. Those that say yes and those that say no. I believe that he believes a lot of what he says with conviction, but he 100% plays it up for the camera because he knows that his minions are then going to chop this up. And the better ammunition that he gives them, the farther it goes. So like, the more polarizing he is, the more money he makes. So of course, he's going to push the envelope again and again and again. And now that we're saying like, it's obviously it's like not a pyramid, would you... I guess we would describe this as an affiliate program. Similar? See, see, with the diff, yes, and that's what everyone said. And yeah. my response to that, and this is someone who's like, I made a living. My first money online was all through affiliate marketing. So I'm not against yeah. affiliate marketing whatsoever. But the difference between affiliate marketing and like why I think this is a little more sketchy is because one, you have to pay to be in it, which is unlike oh. almost any other affiliate program. You can't be an affiliate unless you are a Hustlers University paying member. And two, the promise of the product is to make money. And they make money through pushing the product, right? So it's like, it's it's so many of multiple of these shady things, but it's not technically any one of them. So like, right. I'm sure this will soon be defined as a new tactic or a gimmick that maybe Tate, maybe will even be called a Tate scheme. Who knows? Yeah. But it's it's definitely innovative in the way of leveraging these platforms. And to, to really nerd out on this is why it works so well is because I, and I'm not sure, I'm, I don't want to give him too much credit as if this was deliberate. But the thing is, if he can just get such a volume of content out there, what that means is eventually you're going to come across a piece of content that captures your attention. Then if you watch that video all the way through of these billions of videos being pushed out, then the algorithms are smart enough to know based on the metadata of that video that it's associated with Tate. They now connect you watching that whole video to liking Tate. The floodgates mm. have opened. So like eventually, because he says so yeah. many things, eventually yeah. one of them is going to capture your attention and then you're in the Tate wormhole. God, that's so fascinating. That's it's really, really intriguing. It's, it's scary, but it, but that's that's why, because once you start, you're in. Yeah, because it's one of those things, like we talk about the algorithm all of the time mm -hmm. and how effective it is, because obviously if you're liking something, you're sharing something, you're engaging with the content in any way, you're going to get more of that content. Yes. So case in point, going to kind of deviate from him for a second. Mm. Right now, I keep getting like the exact same song of this girl, like playing the piano. And it's the exact same song over and over. I listened to it the first time, like all the way through. And I was like, oh, that's a really pretty song. Didn't ever think of it again and just kept mm. scrolling. The next day, I got four videos of people responding to that song or using a clip of that song in their videos and being like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful thing ever with like the lyrics on the screen. And so in a less polarizing way. Same premise. Yeah, the exact same thing where people are clipping that song and using it. And I have a feeling that she, this musician has used friends and have used like 
just people that she knows in her life and being like, hey, can you use this? So it helped me get my song out there more and more. So I'm sure like that's what musicians need to do. And if you're not doing that and you're a musician, like start doing that. As much as I don't want to give, like you said, give credit to this person, it is a really good scheme on how to market yourself and how to go viral on these platforms. 100%. And that's why I always say I have no opinions on Tate the individual, but Tate the marketer is indisputably skilled because like yeah. you, numbers don't lie. Like look around. He's the most famous person. He doesn't even have a TikTok account. Like th- that is- Oh my God. What? He doesn't even have a TikTok account, but, <laughs> but yeah, he's, that's his whole shtick. He went on BFF's podcast, which is a barstool show. And in it, he said, I don't even have an account. And it's true. He doesn't even have a TikTok account. He has a YouTube channel and an Instagram account mm-hmm. and that's it. But the vast majority of content is not coming from him because it's coming from both the members of the course. And he also has this inner circle. I wrote down what it's called because I'm currently writing out a full length YouTube video for breaking <laughs> down in more depth this whole thing. So it's very yeah. timely. What is it called? Video. The War Room. The War Room. Okay. So it's called The War Room and it's this private, exclusive, high class, individual, private network that costs like 5,000 pounds to get into. And it, it previously, when it first started, it cost $500, but it's now gotten to the point where they charge 5,000 off the whole premise of, well, now the network is bigger and more valuable, blah, blah, blah. Right. That just made my brain melt. What? The the cost? Yeah. I'm like $5,000 or pounds or whatever it is just to get into this exclusive program. But here's the crazier thing. So in it, because obviously I'm not in it. I, I didn't pay for that. But, <laughs> but he, he met, I probably should for some investigative work. But in it, he says that they have tasks that they have to go to through to remain in the war room. So like you can get kicked out even after paying that price. They said it's like competitive and they kick out the bottom percentage of people. So it's just the best of the best is how he's framing it. And he says that's very much like the karate kid, you know, wax on, wax off, where basically they give mm-hmm. you tasks and they're teaching you these subliminal lessons that come through doing these, these, these medial tasks. So some of those tasks were pumping out this content too. So some people are doing it and not even getting paid. So you're paying 5,000 to get into this, the war yes. room. You're completing tasks. And sometimes even with these tasks, your quote unquote affiliate program, which is not an affiliate program, but kind of like an affiliate program is not paying you the money for posting about this content. Yeah. So I believe it's one of the tasks or some of like, this is me assuming. And so like, take that with a grain of salt. I'm not certain of this, but he literally said in the podcast, he went into detail saying like a lot of people ask like, well, why do I have to be doing this? And he said, oh, we're teaching you things. And then he used the exact reference of the wax on, wax off. You don't know the lesson until you're in the environment, blah, blah, blah. I mean, no wonder he's got so much money. Yeah. And so, and this is another thing. I also purposely said that Hustlers University was his primary source of income because I knew that Mm -hmm. would trigger a lot of his fans because he did have money before this. And so I'm not saying that's his original source of wealth, but there's no way it's not his highest grossing form of revenue because of, of course, being 100% profit margins. So he has 130,000 students right now paying $50 USD per month. So I'm curious. Obviously, I've been noticing his clips posted on my timeline or like people commenting on the post or just people talking about him in general in the past, I would say, month, two months. Exactly. You're right. Is there something that happened that like, did he just start this program? Like, what do you know what that starting trigger was? So he started it seriously last year. And I think he only had a few thousand members 
as of December of last year. And then mm -hmm. what was the big tipping point was when he got more involved in collaborations with established media entities and very particularly within the, the manosphere, which is like this, this like right wing group of people that really, they talk a lot about relationships and, and the roles of men and, and women, et cetera. And so one of the big podcasts is called, uh, it's called something fit and something else. It's one of those, it's one of those podcasts that is very, very popular. Like they have mm -hmm. a ton of people on there. And so naturally they're, they're purely in the entertainment game, right? So they're all about clicks. They had Tate on, it did really, really well. They had him on again and again and again. So okay. that started it. And then, so then because they were big enough, naturally we live in a reaction based content economy because if it worked for them, me reacting to it's going to work too. So with right. this working super well for the Fab and Fit, or I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's very big podcast. Then a ton of other massive podcasts that have segments of them reacting to crazy stuff on the internet all started reacting to Tate. And some of them even started having them on his show or, or on their show. So then that yeah. started this whole snowball of just boom, he's everywhere. That's so fascinating. And I do have a question for you. There are a lot of people who obviously are very against him. Yes. And there's a lot of talk right now about like, don't engage with the content. Don't talk about the content, like let it die out. Do you think that's the approach if people don't want him to be everywhere? Or do you think this is just something that's like, well, too late, like we're gonna, he's there. So might as well talk about it and go against it if you're against it or talk about him if you like him. In theory, that could potentially work. But when the people that are saying this are behind their phone, they're gonna watch, even if it's out of pure anger, right? Like pe people yeah. are in far less control of their emotion and emotional responses to the things than they really appreciate. So if you yeah. get super triggered even the other way, how many people are gonna have the control to, to consciously be like, I'm scrolling off this really fast, right? Obviously there will be some, but I think that to say that we could effectively accomplish that or anyone could at scale, I think it's giving people a lot of credit <laughs> that I don't think is deserved. So true. Yeah. I'm just, cause that's like, a, I've seen that that's a big conversation currently is people saying, don't engage, don't engage. It'll go away. It will die down. It will die down. However, I don't know, obviously everything on the internet's forever. People have their own opinions. People like certain people and they're always going to engage with that content. And there's always going to be reaction videos, like you said. So I don't think it'll ever completely be gone like these people want it to be no and so it's it's there's a lot of things that need to be understood here like first of all he's reached a critical mass where it's going to keep going beyond him and he kind of manufactured that critical mass which was the marketing genius of, of it all but then like even bigger than that is he doesn't care if 99 of people hate him because if if he can really make you hate him you will make sure that the one percent that would love him will see him and that's all that he yeah. cares about. He's not concerned with the people that hate him. They're fuel to find the people that would love him and buy his course so that they can, and I'm saying this in air quotes, escape the matrix. That's his whole, oh, that's no. one of his lines is that he's <laughs> in his course, he teaches you modern wealth creation methods that allow you to escape the matrix. A lot of it is very corny. Like that's not even disputable. Like that's corny marketing, but yeah. some people, some people respond well to it. He's got 130,000 students paying him 50 bucks per month. That is insane. It's absolutely wild. But like you said, like we've talked about, it's a real, like he's tapped into something that a lot of marketers are missing. And especially with this 
not affiliate program, affiliate program where we've talked. And I mean, like we talked about something similar last week where repurposing content, like use clips that you've like, you filmed an entire YouTube video. Well, clip that YouTube video into a reel or a TikTok and get that spreading everywhere and then have other people start spreading it. And so he's tapped into a really interesting marketing strategy, which I don't like, I don't know anybody else doing this. Not to the scale that he's doing it. I think there will be a lot of copycats that try, of course, but there yeah. are a few main marketing lessons that anyone could ob- objectively learn from him. First of all, it's to own your brand completely, right? And unapologetically, because at the end of the day, so many businesses don't get the customers they could because they're worried about offending the customers they never would get anyways. So Tate understands this principle from the very beginning and he doubles down on that. That's the first lesson I would teach anyone who's trying to market anything. Secondly, he made content creation at scale wildly easy and did so in a very deliberate fashion. He purposely just sits down, has a list of things that he knows will pop in the internet, and he provides his very unique polarizing opinion on that subject. So the content would work well on its own, and then he's adding fuel to the fire with his perspective. And then three, keep doing it and see if you can work with people <laughs> that can scale you, right? So I think his collaborations was a genius way to spread. And then also, I've been a massive believer in affiliates or influencer marketing for a long time because it works, right? When you build that trust with people and and that becomes their source for entertainment or education, if you can leverage into that, you're leveraging all of the leverage that they've worked to build through years of content and years of interacting with these people. So there's there's a lot to learn. Even if you absolutely hate the guy, there's a lot to learn. So not everyone could do what he's doing because he's naturally wildly polarizing and has a very interesting story. Like who whoever you are, you can't listen to his story and be like, that's not at least a little interesting. Right. I'm not saying I believe or agree with anything that's ever come out of his mouth. I'm just saying it is objectively interesting. Right. (laughs) I just like, honestly, just the way he's gone about getting all of these people to talk about him, both who hate him and both who love him. And it's just spreading like wildfire. And that for any brand, that's what you want. You want somebody or you don't want somebody, but you want people just to be talking about you in general. And like, that's why it's so good to be polarizing. That's why it's so good to, and polarizing, if you actually believe in your opinion, don't be polarizing, just be polarizing. And just being a little bit, I don't know, like have an opinion, like actually believe in your opinion. I think that's like one of those things that a lot of brands are scared of doing is actually having an opinion and holding a stance to that opinion. Because like you said, they're afraid of losing people. But if you actually really believe in a cause, you might like believe in it. Talk about it. Be a person with a personality if you're a brand, because that's what's going to get people to actually want to engage with you and talk about you and work with you if you are looking for affiliates like this man has. There's just so much online and on like through marketing that... I just think that people are just too scared to be either like controversial or just have an opinion. And that's like the best way to get followers and like build your niche audience. A hundred percent. It's honestly the only way to build a truly loyal, like cult, like following like he has is, is to own that. And it's, it's, it's funny. Cause like I said before, people don't do it because they're worried about alienating people, but those people probably would never would have been customers anyways. So you would yeah. way rather have a thousand like true loyal fans or customers than 
potentially more, but that you probably wouldn't get because emotion creates motion. So if you don't make them connect with you, then they're not going to, right? So it's easier said than done, of course, because people are always worried about the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is sometimes the best case scenario, because if it pushes away the wrong people, it's probably going to help you find some more of the right ones. Exactly. And people are going to always share brands and people that they like. They're going to share those posts online. They want to have a conversation with other people. They'll share it with their friends through DMs. 100%. It's there and it'll help you build if you actually, I'm going to say it again, have a personality, be controversial in an opinion that you actually believe in, like hold your stance, like you're going to get the people that you want. Yeah. And I think that's doubles down on the importance of as a brand or as a personal brand creator, whatever, of understanding what you represent and like, what do you actually align with? I think too few people actually put the thought into that because if you own something wholeheartedly and you believe in it, like you genuinely believe in it, then the people that hate on you aren't relevant at all. I understand that we as humans, we're all impacted, et cetera. But like, if you have this vision and this purpose, that's in total alignment with what you're saying and the content you're putting out, then it's so silly not to put it out because the things that you're tiptoeing around are exactly what would expedite you getting to where you want to go as fast as possible. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's we it. figured out marketing today. <laughs> Get your textbooks. Nailed in the ground. We did it. It's all Ben and Mackenzie. We nailed marketing. We know exactly how to do it. <laughs> it sounds that actually sounds like a, like you know when they have the authors' names of textbooks and it's like yeah. two names. We're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have to publish our our textbook. You know we could do this. I believe in us. We are very good at this whole marketing thing. Obviously, yeah. we just learned from one of the most controversial people in the world currently we just learned from him it, but actually it's a great point that you just brought on there too is that he and this is one of the reasons why people really don't like him is that he mentions that he's learned from some of the most polarizing people in the past and a lot of times they've mm. used their polarizing nature to capture attention to do very bad things but one thing that's not arguable is the impact that they had right albeit bad they had massive impact and so he studied a lot of these people and used the things that they had success with so i think learn from everyone, but use it for good things. You know what I mean? <laughs> Spread good messages. That's it. But do so in an effective way. So they actually sink in. Exactly. Or I've, I found this really effective before. You can say something controversial and in the comment, if it's like controversial in the way that you don't agree with mm. on the image and in the comments, explain why you don't agree with it. So that way you're grabbing somebody's attention True. And then being like, actually, this is what I mean. I've done that before. And people, it's funny because some people won't even read. And so they'll yeah. instantly start attacking you. And I'm like, did you read? And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. I just went, really wanted to engage because I saw this and it triggered something triggered in my me. brain. And I had to comment. Yeah, that happens very often. And it's so, it's a very good point though. It's a great way to put it out there. Because then typically... Once you say read, then they're like, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> oh, man. God. Is there any other news that's not this polarizing going on? So, well, I guess it's not particularly polarizing, but we talked about this last week, how Instagram, the next app they'll be stealing from is Be Real. Yeah. And guess what got announced this week? Be Real is basically on Instagram. <laughs> Did they take the name that you said too? No, I don't know. I don't think they even named it anything at all. 
but essentially like when you go on your reels on Instagram, you can now have a video or a photo that is like the front and back facing camera at the exact same time. And it looks exactly like be real. It's got like the little photo in the corner. And then what you're looking at is like the full screen. Yeah. I just Googled it right now. And that looks almost identical. The only difference I'm seeing is that it looks like be real gives you more of a fisheye effect kind of. Yeah, but I think you can actually change it in your settings where you can do oh. like zoom out or like zoom in. So there, there we go. Instagram, again, just taking taking people's ideas. But you called that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that guy on TikTok called it. He was calling it moments, like Instagram moments, but it doesn't have a name. It's just on Instagram reels at the moment. That is crazy, though. Like That, that was fast. It was so quick. It was within... I think somebody talked about it. Like I said, we talked about it last week. That yeah. person on TikTok posted the video two days before we talked. Mm -hmm. So within like a week and a half, two weeks, they're already rolling it out. But I'm sure they've had it in the pipeline for a while. I would imagine. Yeah, especially with having Be Real like exploding. I have so many friends on Be Real now. Like it's actually, it's hitting the millennial mainstream. Yeah. Oh, like 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 that you've that you know personally outside of Be Real, or that you've found through the app. No, that I know personally outside, like my own friends. Okay, yeah, I've been seeing a lot more come on too, and I because I'm I'm one, I was one of the people who already had it, so whenever someone gets in, they add yeah. me because they don't have many other yeah. people. So. <laughs> it's crazy because I was expecting it to kind of die off by now, but it seems like it's actually picking up more and more steam. I'm still skeptical of the. <laughs> economic feasibility of this this whole platform i really really am and but that's to be said i'm sure there's been countless of examples where people have figured it out also there's a team of people where this is their sole focus so if they can figure it out they will but there have been i don't know if we already touched this last week but there's been some brands who have been really creative with be real did we talk about that at all really no we haven't yeah so chipotle has been sharing like discount codes to their be real what yeah so like so I don't know if it was, I don't know if it's limited to a certain amount of people. It probably is, but they're yeah. they're putting that out. And then anybody who goes and uses it, they can get a discount. And there's been a few other brands that have been really creative with it as well. And I love that. I'd love that so much when brands just find a unique way to use something that's maybe not even like truly huge yet, but right. build some real loyalty there. I wonder if this is how Be Real will start making money, like getting income in through brands and not even... It could almost be like an ad, but it's not an ad. So I'm just curious if there will be some people buying into it to like what Chipotle did with that, or I'm sure Subway would do it or like other brands could like put discount codes or special little ads or features that you can only get by adding them on Be Real, and that could kind of turn into income somehow. Yeah, no, that could be one, one way, kind of like a tiered private VIP system kind of thing for people who really love those brands that they get incentives for that. It could be almost like subscriptions on Instagram. Yeah, good. I just, I struggle to see how they will make the kind of money that they need unless they evolve the product and their whole pitch is that it's just this. So it's, it's mm -hmm. like, how do they evolve to not alienate the reason why people came? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it'll be so interesting. I'm actually very curious to see where this goes. I've already stopped posting consistently. I lasted a month, probably. That's pretty long. That is pretty good. All right. Well, that is all we've got time for. And it's all been real.
It's been real. <laughs> Hope you please don't hate us in the comments. I mean, or you can, I get it about the Andrew Tate thing, but it is really fascinating. Just his whole marketing ploy. We've learned a lot from it and I'm sure we're going to learn a lot more in the coming weeks, especially if he keeps going up and up and up like he has been, or if it's going to level out at some point, which I believe that you think it's going to kind of level out. It has to chill because it reaches a point where everyone's seen it, right? And so then it loses its yeah. shock value because you're familiar with it and everyone will have seen it and understand what he's doing. But as of right now, I believe it's a fact that he is the most Googled man on the planet, which is quite remarkable. Yep. Even more than Kim Kardashian, which yeah. hasn't happened in a long time. That's big. Kim K falling <laughs> to, the, to the Cobra. That, that's Andrew Tate's nickname. Oh, God. Okay. Please, if you enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed any episode at this point, don't forget to subscribe in your audio listening app of your choice. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. You know, we always appreciate those tremendously. Also, be sure to follow us over on Instagram. We are at flick.social, TikTok at flick.social. We're also on Twitter. It's at tryflick. Um, you can also find us over on our newsletter where I am sometimes funny, sometimes I'm not. You never know what you're going to get each week. It's called Talk Social to Me. And Ben, you got anything? You got to subscribe to find out if she'll be funny. And also YouTube is pretty sweet too. If you just type in flick hashtags, you're going to find our YouTube channel. So come hang out. We post weekly there as well. All right. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Peace.